I don't believe in God. I know God. I love me some Jesus. You <laughs> too much. That's crazy. <laughs> That's on the next episode. It's the moon reading. I rock with you, Yaya. It's all love. They better listen to this advice. We good. You crazy, girl. This is what this show is about, all right? We with keep the it real. real and real talk. The God in God talk. And that's a wrap. Today is Tuesday, April 16th, and you're listening to Real Talk on God Talk, a podcast for people who skip church for brunch on Sundays. Hey, what's up, listeners? What's up, Yaya? How you feeling? How you living? Hey, listeners. Hey, Truth. I'm okay. <laughs> that was short, right? Know, was I'm short. okay, period. Moving on. <laughs> Into the rundown. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Um, how am I, really? Um, It's been ongoing. You all have been following our journey towards graduation <laughs> and the end of the year. I feel like we need so. a TV show now. <laughs> right. I'm obsessed, but that, that's that's really what's going on. Yeah, no, nah, same here. Same here. Just trying to get everything in, in order. Trying to manage the stress level. You know how that goes. But other than that, really excited. Excited about how the podcast is going. Excited about all like the feedback that we got for last week's episode mm-hmm. or two weeks ago. Um, yeah, we just appreciate all the love. Like, Thank you all for always sending us love and telling us what y'all think about the episodes. We we do want to hear your feedback. That's how we decide like what we really want to talk about. <laughs> right. <laughs> So this might be far left field, but something actually is on my mind this week. Oh, God. I'm over wearing bras. <laughs> like, I'm well, over girl, let them free. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, yeah. they're super uncomfortable. They are super expensive. I am grown. Like, I'm grown, and I still need my mom to go bra shopping with me. Because... you can't figure out your size they yet. They just bring me... Like, it just brings me so much anxiety. And, like, really? when I come home, like, yeah. a lot of you ladies out there, or fellas, if you wear bras, you know, do your hey. thing, whatever. <laughs> First thing I do is, like, oh, my God. Yes. I gotta come home and take off my bra. <laughs> Ugh. And it's, like, why in the year of our Lord, 2019, am I wearing this contraption to like hold my breasts <laughs> in a cage <laughs> like why am i doing yeah, this yeah. and it's like you know a part of me feels like i'm a modern woman right. i can do anything i want right. i can go brawless like walk I don't around here to. with them things flapping <laughs> go ahead girl <laughs> but then there's the other part of me that's yeah. like what are people gonna think how are my mm. clothes gonna look you know mm. and so i'm struggling because i feel like it's like wearing a corset or like it's like you know facts, those though. things like why am i doing this and you are so right that it is hella expensive okay listen if it's gonna be that expensive it should at least be comfortable. Or be on the outside. If I'm the phone be paying money, people need to be seeing this. You're right, though. You're absolutely right. And so that's my that's my little two seconds of struggle. I'm <laughs> tired of brassiers. I hear you on that. All right, let's get into a rundown of what you can expect for this episode. In God in the World, we'll be discussing the idea of collective trauma. This month, rapper Nipsey Hussle was brutally killed, and the culture is grieving hard. We'll be looking at ways for us to cope with the grief and effects of collective trauma that we inhabit from experiencing events like this. Then, we'll be discussing the Real Talk question of the week. Paper chasing preachers? Is that a thing now? When we hear the term prosperity gospel, many of us think of televangelists like Creflo and Tammy Dollar or Joel Olstein. But honestly, those are the icons of our parents' generation. What about the new generation of rich and prominent Christians who show off their baller and sometimes lavish lifestyles on YouTube and IG while bringing people to God? If God promises financial wealth to the faithful, what about the nearly 100 million people at or near the poverty line in the U.S.? Are they just not praying hard enough? Then, Yaya will take us through the moon reading, just in time to prepare for the April 19th full moon. And finally, for community pastoral care, we'll be responding to a listener who wants to know, what do we do when a relationship with a parent is damaged beyond repair? On March 31st, Los Angeles rapper and community leader Nipsey Hussle was murdered outside of his business on Crenshaw Avenue. Nipsey was a talented artist, family man, and an inspiring figure to many. His funeral service was held at the Staples Center in L.A., where the Lakers play, and broadcast on BT. 
Prior to his death, I personally wasn't very familiar with his music or even his community work. However, when a man can fill out the Staples Center, bring together rival L.A. gangs like the Bloods and Crips for a walk of unity and peace, and just cause such a massive outpouring of love and respect, I know it was more than just the music or the status. That feeling of loss that people are so affected about is what he represents. Nipsey Hussle inspired disenfranchised people to feel as if they were valuable, that their communities, black and brown communities, were worth investment and care. And to see him shot down and to witness the grief of this community and all of his loved ones, it really struck a nerve in the culture. People are taking it hard. Absolutely. And he's done so much for his community. There's, like, videos on like all social media of like just the things he would do like for the construction construction workers that were outside he would go give them like food or really? or yeah often like even um give them like clothes you know if they needed just as like just like here you know as like thank you for everything you're doing in the neighborhood like and like thanking them for their work and a lot of like one particular story came out where um, the gentleman who's a construction worker, he said he didn't even know that he was a rapper and he didn't know who he was until um, it w- he was pronounced dead. And he saw, like, and he was like, what is the same guy who always comes out thanking us for our work? And, you know, like, he was he was that type of guy. And, um, yeah, it's just so sad to see him, like, gone so soon and when he has, like, a family and everything, you know? And he was, like, really doing so much and it was just, like, his life was cut short. And, you know, at the same time, just this year alone, according to, like, ABC News, we've witnessed at least one mass shooting a month since 2018. And I don't even have to say it, right? There have been countless black and brown people like Stefan Clark and Antoine Rose killed by police brutality um, only to receive no justice. And then not to mention witnessing the horrors of babies ripped from the arms of their parents at the border. There's so much collective trauma going on right now. That is a fact. It's like, you know, I feel overloaded. Yeah. I feel like it's all just too much. It's like, it's like thing after thing after thing after thing. And it's like constantly being in a state of shock and sadness. And it's like to the point where I don't even know how to respond sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like when I hear that something else happened, someone else was killed, another tragedy. Yeah. It's like. You know, how many tears, how, yeah. how, how much tears do I have to cry? Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's part of the reason why Nipsey Hussle's death and public funeral caused such an outpouring. Yeah. It's like what he did as an individual was amazing. Like, yeah. you know, the, the stories that you said, the personal stories that you yeah. said about, like, you know, saying thank you to people in the community and investing in the community. Like, he... I think he like set up these tech centers and like was bringing yeah, like the massive yeah. amounts of money into the community. And so it's like he did such amazing things, but what he represented, it his death, mm-hmm. I think like gave us a space to just breathe and cry and yeah. really grieve for him, yes. But for for everything, everything that's going yeah. on, you know? And I believe that symbols matter. Yeah. And Nipsey's death was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, that's like exactly you let one tear out, and it all open the comes, floodgates. Like you know, tumbling out as a way for us to express our grief and pain of collective trauma. Yeah, for sure. And you know, uh, collective trauma. You know, we've been saying that, and it's it's basically a traumatic psychological effect that is shared by a group of people of any size and it can include an entire society and so traumatic events that are witnessed by an entire society can actually stir up collective sentiment or feelings like what we're seeing with Nipsey Hussle and this often results in a shift in that society's culture and mass action Um, in his article collective trauma and the social construction of meaning psychologist Gilad Hirschberger says Collective trauma is a cataclysmic event that shatters the basic fabric of society. Aside from the horrific loss of life, collective trauma is also a crisis of meaning. That's really deep. Like, you know, like, collectively, like, not even on an individual level. Right. 
but to be at a crisis of meaning like what does it mean because I, I feel like on one hand it's like we can look at the death of someone like Nipsey Hussle and say yeah. I didn't know him personally right. like you know and we can look at ourselves and say it's sad but I shouldn't be feeling this sad about right. it but what does it mean when someone that is doing such wonderful things for the community a black man can be at that height and be shot down and taken yeah. away from us and like what does it say not just about him and his story mm -hmm. but about all of us right you know like that i think yeah. that for me that is like the crux of collective trauma and yeah. why it's so hard because we can look at it and be like i shouldn't feel so bad i shouldn't feel so sad right. i don't know him personally mm -hmm. but it, it's all of us it's like right. our, our general like interpsychic feeling yeah and it's that like like you said even if you didn't know him personally it's like you may have known someone like him. Mm -hmm. And just because they didn't have the same platform, right? They may not get the same, like, um, response. But it it was kind of like it allowed, like, the culture and the community to feel it mm -hmm. in a very public way. Mm -hmm. it, it, and it was just like, it was it was like finally okay to feel. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. just let all that out. And so, you know, Dr. Joy Jacobs from Psychology Today um, wrote about five strategies for coping with collective trauma. And that's what we want to share with all of y'all today. So one strategy, get support, um, whether that's therapy, mm -hmm. praying together, reaching out to your community. Um, if you've been wanting to get back into church and you've just been procrastinating on it, now might be the time. If you've been wanting to get back active again in your Greek organization or whatever, now's the time to do it. Sometimes we don't know how to deal with feeling overwhelmed by our feelings. And yeah. so our first reaction is to isolate. Um, instead of reaching out, we just kind of like get smaller into ourselves. But, you know, recognize that. And instead of going inward, now's the time to move deeper into community with the people who can hold you and support you. We're going to combine two, three, and four. And that those are get involved, be of service, and take responsibility. If you find yourself feeling down, the best way to get out of a negative mindset is to reach out and help others. Someone like Nipsey has such an impact because of the way he served his community. So keep his legacy alive by doing the same thing, right? Volunteer, mentor, give back as a way to constructively deal with your feelings. And finally, take a break. Dr. Jacob says, sometimes we just need to chill out and take our mind off of everything. This allows your nervous system to relax. Reactive decisions are often not the best ones. Remove any sense of urgency, barring a true emergency, to give yourself a break. Um, I think it's okay to take a little hiatus from social media where the images of violence and trauma are like flowing towards us constantly. Yeah. Uh, the weather's getting warmer, finally, hopefully. Um, <laughs> it's time to get outside, move our bodies, get some fresh air, and maybe take our eyes away from the train wreck that is constantly coming towards us. Collective trauma is a real thing. Um, rest in power to Nipsey Hussle, and our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and to all of you as well, you know, we're all dealing with some real stuff every day. We hope that Real Talk and God Talk can be a place for you to get some support, some community, and somewhere to be held. So, on to the Real Talk question of the week. Dun, dun, dun. Paper chasing pastors. Is that like a thing now? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Truth and I were talking, you know, we always are just talking S-H-I-T. Right. <laughs> and um, she was telling me about going through IG and coming across this really interesting site. So, Truth, why don't you uh, story time to people? All right, so story time. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going through Instagram and I came across this account called uh, Preachers and Sneakers, right? And... The first thing I thought of, I was like, well, what's this? It grabbed my attention because the name. I was like, Preachers and Sneakers. Anything with Preachers, I'm there. I'm like, <laughs> I want to know all the teas. <laughs> so so I, was, I was there. And the page is basically set up to kind of showcase, like, the footwear that these preachers are, like, wearing, right? So it's not some regular, like, 
These ain't payless. These ain't payless then, right? Exactly. So these are like Yeezys, Gucci sneakers, like some real, real official stuff. A lot of the sneakers that were actually posted are very hard to find. So they're like you're spending a good amount of oh, money. Oh, we talking exclusive? Yeah, a lot oh, of like them. sneakerheads. Yes, like, yes, okay. exactly. So real legit stuff, right? So a little backstory on like the the person who created this account. Um, I was reading in like one of the interviews, they said like he had posted something like that on his personal page and he got such a good feedback that he was like, well, I, I, I don't want to put all of this on my personal page. So I'll just create a different account. And like he thought he, like only him and like a couple of his friends would find it like interesting. And he didn't think that it would blow up as much as it did. And like just to give you a little taste, if I'm sure most of y'all following it, <laughs> but um one of the posts on there is highlighting pastors like Pastor John Gray in like 5,600 Yeezy Red Octobers. And he got like funny little captions. And the caption there is like Pastor John Gray stepping out something major in the Yeevangelical Van- Red October. <laughs> <laughs> he got me on the floor, Yeevangelical. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, he, so then he's posting a bunch of other pastors now. It's not like he's sneaking and taking these pics himself. These are actually pictures that were on these pastors' accounts already. So he's just reposting them, mm-hmm. right? And so he reposts a picture of the pastor, highlights the sneakers that they have, and then he puts another picture of the price of the sneakers. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. where it gets a little dicey. Right, right. You know, exactly. Americans don't like talking about money. <laughs> exactly. And so you know the many sides <laughs> of this this whole thing came out. And I was just commenting to Yaya about it because I was like, yo, look at all these passes. They got the Yeezys, the Gucci's, this, that, and the third. And yeah, it, w- it was just interesting. And so when Yaya checked it out, Yaya had her own opinion on it. <laughs> so what I think is interesting about the account, right? Yeah. So first of all, they had me crying with the tagline, the Lord works in mysterious colorways. I yeah. said, y'all are foolish, <laughs> right? So I'm like, okay, it's a little funny. Let me let me check it out. Yeah. So what I think is funny or interesting about the account is that the creator doesn't actually condemn the pastors for their expensive taste in shoes. Right. Nor celebrate it. Right. He doesn't Very celebrate neutral. it. He does or he or she is, is he, he, he's okay. He, yeah. Or or they. Um he doesn't celebrate it. He doesn't condemn it. He yeah. just kind of like puts he just it, put out, it out, there, out there. Yeah. Right? And so he kind of like allows us to come to our own conclusion mm-hmm. as to whether we admire these expensive sneakers yeah. or we're like, oh, you're a pastor. Yeah. You know, shouldn't you have something a little more modest or whatever? Yeah. And so I thought that that was interesting. But what I think is probably even funnier is that when <laughs> Truth and I came to talk about it, we actually ended up on different ends of the argument about whether or not it was appropriate (laughs) for men and women of God to drip that hard. Right. And so (laughs) my personal opinion is that as long as you are not using church funds on any level, like no level, should you be using anybody's funds but your own. But if you got it, flaunt it. (laughs) Like, I... I I know, right? But I just feel like... When you live in this contemporary culture and you want to reach out to young demographics. You want to be hip happening, right? right you want to be <laughs> hip. You want to be happening. Well, being hip and happening means that you're about to have $5,000 Yeezy Red October. So that's, that's hip and happening, right? <laughs> Clearly, I'm not that hip or happening. But that's neither here nor there. And right. so I just feel like, I feel like it's harmless, I guess. Like, yeah. and this is my real caveat. You cannot be using any type of unscrupulous church funds. Yeah, yeah. At all, under any circumstance. But beyond that, I feel like it's harmless. We Mm -hmm. all spend our money in all types of of ways. And if your thing is sneakers, better sneakers than cocaine and prostitutes, right? (laughs) 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 I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right, though. You're right. Yeah, so I think my issue with the the concepts, right, of... Or not the concepts, but the reality of these preachers having these, like, Mm -hmm. $5,000, $6,000, $8,000, like, exclusive sneakers... Was like, yo, you're a pastor. <laughs> and 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 I think I, I totally get where you're coming from. It's like, yo, if you got it and as long as you're not using like church funds for that, okay. But then again, like there's there's no way of like a church member actually knowing that, right? And then two, it was giving me a lot of like prosperity gospel vibes mm-hmm. because we were pointing so much at like the material wealth of it. 
So a pastor, like for me, a pastor who's spending five G's on something, you mean to tell me you couldn't find nothing in your church or no one in your church that that five G's could have helped? Mm. You know what I mean? So like that's for me is where the line is like, mm. and I get it where like you should be able to have and dress however you like, but I think there should be some moderation. Mm-hmm. And particularly because a lot of these things end up targeting our black and brown communities. Mm-hmm. Like, to go out there and spend like five Gs that you right. ain't got. I mean, right. Like, and it's like, the pa- so I actually hear you on that. So the first thing that you said that I really resonate yeah. with is like, you might not be using church funds, but everybody looking at you doesn't know that. Right. And there's already a stigma in our communities that says these pastors come in and they take your tithe yeah. and they, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's like, why are you being irresponsible in perpetuating that? Right. And also, as I do agree with you, as a leader, if your community is looking at you and you are the level of success, is spending your money on sneakers how you want to model the best yeah. way to use your money? <laughs> like, For real. There's so many like there's so many other things that I feel like pastors could do with that in teaching even financial literacy to our communities. Right. You know what I mean? And so yeah, it, it was but it, it did give me a lot of like prosperity gospel vibes like I was telling you before. And it was more because I had told you I was like, I wanna listen to what they're preaching then. How do you reconcile that of like being up there on a platform with, you know, $8,000 sneakers and it don't even stop at the sneakers. He's just highlighting the sneakers. Yeah, I done seen the whole Gucci tra- wear. suits, <laughs> full Supreme. These Supreme stickers are 30 bucks, mind you. And it's like if a sticker, if a little sticker decal is $30, how much does your full Supreme outfit cost? And like, just what's the message that you're sending? So the question is, you know, what's the message that you're sending, right? And so it's funny. Truth says that the pastors are giving her prosperity gospel vibes. And we thought it would be a good opportunity to talk to you all, the Real Talk and God Talk yes. community, about the prosperity gospel. Because this conversation is less about the sneakers itself right. or the shopping itself right. and more about a questioning of the preaching or theology that in short says God rewards the faithful with financial success. Right. Why do so many people believe in it and preach it? And why do so many theologians condemn it? All right, so let's start by talking about what exactly the prosperity gospel is. So, Joe Carter from the gospelcoalition.org says the prosperity gospel, which is also known as the health and wealth gospel or the word of faith movement, is a perversion of the gospel of Jesus that claims that God rewards increases in faith with increases in health and or wealth. So I'm going to say <laughs> the word perversion, that's Joe Carter's words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know. Take it for what it right. is. <laughs> right. Um, if I had to wrap up the prosperity gospel, it's basically when the Catholics were selling like... Um, what Indulgences? Was yes, thank you. I, I kind of feel like it's a version of that. Okay, so for yeah. those of you who don't know what that is, that mm-hmm. is the idea that it, you can kind of like basically like buy your way, buy your way into heaven. <laughs> yeah. Except I, I guess I look at it as kind of like the flip side. Like mm-hmm. it's that I, if I had to ra- wrap up what the prosperity gospel is mm-hmm. to me, it is the preaching that if you pray hard enough, if you're faithful enough, if you do all the right things, and if you honor God, God will honor you particularly and specifically with money, wealth, and material. financial success. Yeah. And if right. if you don't have any material success, then something is wrong with your faith. Right. That that right. that's the that, connection. That is the that, connection. Yeah, that's the connection. Right. Yeah. So the gospel coalition, right? Uh the David W. Jones outlines five errors about the prosperity gospel, right? And so the first one is the Abrahamic covenant is a means to material entitlement. The prosperity gospel teaches that the primary purposes of the Abrahamic covenant was for God to bless Abraham with just material things. So when God blesses Abraham, when he says your your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky, and like all those other blessings that God gave unto Abraham and his descendants, um, it basically has been twisted to mean that the blessings are only to be material. Mm. So that's one. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's hard. Wow. Yeah. So like, it's hard for me be- because 
I do not believe that a blessing is necessarily a material blessing. Yeah, absolutely. That's just, I, I don't believe yeah. that. Um, but it's also like, I just think about it and I just got to put it out there because y'all know I'm always thinking about every side to things. Yeah. I believe that our God is an abundant God. Yeah. And like my personal theology is one of God working within like God existing and working within this wide world and there's yeah. so many different types of flowers and people and fingerprints and you know DNA types and like yeah. there's just so much abundance and so much in the world that I truly believe God provides for us yeah like and provides abundance and wealth I don't think that wealth necessarily equates to like what our society says is material wealth and richness. Right. But I do, be I personally believe that um, there's entitlement, not necessarily material entitlement. And yeah. so like there, there's some nuance there. There's some space there to kind of think about like when you're hearing these preachers preach wealth and abundance and all these things, it's like, yes, but w what do our values say as to the definition of these things? Also, it's definitely not that God is only out here blessing Christians. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's first and foremost. Like I, I definitely don't believe that, that God is only out here blessing Christians. I, for me, um, God is bigger than Christianity and God's people are all people, you know? So at that, the fact that along with this comes, um, also a belief that you have to be a Christian in order to cash in these material wealth right. is like absurd to me also. Right. Okay. So, uh, next on the list of what, what, how we can identify the prosperity gospel is, um, Jesus's atonement extends to the sin of material poverty. That whole statement. I'm offended by that. That whole statement. <laughs> that, that, that whole statement is wrong because it is not addressing the fact that poverty is coming from systems that are actually in place. Right. So it doesn't call the systems sins, but it says the actual being like poor is, is a, sin. a sin. Yeah. That to me that is so sick yeah <laughs> like, I, like that's a sin in itself what you're saying right there right like, it's like when 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 i think of prosperity gospel i think a part of the issue with me is it is a particularly it doesn't only exist in america but the yeah. idea and the ideals of it began in the united states and yeah. it's a particularly american way of buying into capitalism of course that says like, you know, this Puritan work ethic. Like, if you work hard and you pull yourself up from your bootstraps, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you'll you'll make it. And you'll the way that you show that you life. make it is by what you can consume and what you can buy. Mm -hmm. And it's like the issue with the idea that material poverty is a sin, like True said, like, it doesn't call out the systems that exploit people. It's like, you know, you buy into this capitalism wholeheartedly without thinking about it's like you're punishing the people that are looking to this to be uplifted it's right. like why do i be, like why would i believe in this why do i want to hear mm -hmm. that my prayers can bring me wealth if i like if you're already wealthy you know that's great right. but it's it's the poor that need yeah. this and then to further like marginalize them and blame them and say that their poverty is a sin like mm -hmm. that's just real messed up and so the and the third one is Christians give and tithe in order to gain material compensation from God. I've heard this so many times, and I've even heard it in places where the prosperity gospel is not like the it thing at the particular church. So I've heard it in many churches in like, yes, you should tithe so that God can bless you. And, you know, that that actually is like part of the prosperity gospel, even if like the churches don't know it. Um Instead of, like, just say what you need the money for. You need the money <laughs> to keep the lights on. You need the money to pay the mortgage. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think people people understand the concept that a church building is being rented or is being mortgaged out or whatever it is and that it has expenses. Um, but I think always telling people that you have to give in order so that you can be blessed and using that, I think that's inaccurate. Imagine someone who is already like very tight for money and feeling like they have to give whatever little bit they have in order to continue to be blessed. 
and then they leave off in an even worse position. Like, I, I don't think that's responsible from a church to do, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm not sure how, like, I, I'm not sure how I, where I land on this yeah. one. Because I do believe that it is a law of the universe that the more you give, the more you get. Just, per, just period. Of course, yeah, yeah. No, outside of tithing, just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's wonderful, but I don't think that the motivation in your heart for giving can be getting in order for that exactly. law of the universe to work. Yes. And yes. so I think where my issue comes in is if a church or if a particular pastor is preaching tithe now and and as a direct result of your tithing then you will be you know blessed financially blessed Mm -hmm. in this way like you're making it sound like it's a one-to-one correlation Mm -hmm. and you are going to cause a crisis in faith in people (laughs) when that does not happen (laughs) absolutely and it's like um yeah i think that i think that that's my issue with it um you know, I'm sure eventually we'll have a show on tithing, and so we can talk. We can get yeah, real deep real, into yeah, exactly. the different the and issues stuff, yeah. and meanings mm-hmm. of tithing. But just in in this in this case, I think that idea of a one to one correlation, I think it's false. I think you're setting up false hope, absolutely, and a big letdown. Mm-hmm. And then you you could also be putting people in a worse financial situation. Right. Just so that they can keep giving, keep because they they then feel like they get like a guilt trip if they don't give. You know what I mean? And that's not right either. You can't do that to people. All right, number four. So we can recognize the prosperity gospel by the idea that faith is a self-generated spiritual force that leads to prosperity. This makes it sound like a like a a third person. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, out, it's just out here with, like, just doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I understand this one. Is it? Well, I think it's that it's not that your faith has to be, like, worked on, mm-hmm. um, but more that you feed it. Um, it comes with positive uh, words that you say or, like, you, so you're affirmation. It. Yeah. So if, if, if you claim it, if your faith is strong enough, if you can feed your faith, right. then... After you do that, faith is gonna open the floodgates exactly. of wealth. Exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's more like I'm gonna wake up every morning. I'm gonna say, "Yo, I want a Lamborghini." You know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, you laughing? I want a Lamborghini. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, and so that's how I'm gonna feed my faith because when God finally give me that Lamborghini, well, then my faith is being fed because what I have been asking for has been granted. So it's kind of like that, you right? Man, I mean? wow, we like. I think for me, a part of what makes that like so problematic or like that line of thinking is like it doesn't take into account just the human nature and the way of the world of suffering. So many people are suffering, have suffered throughout history, will continue to suffer. Suffering doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. It's like it's, it's a state of the world. And it's like. To claim that your faith, by feeding your faith, it that is what leads to prosperity. It's like a kick in the nuts <laughs> to everybody <laughs> out here yeah. who is, like, truly suffering. And mm. faith is not, like, even if you think of, like, Job, yeah. it, it doesn't matter how faithful he yeah. was. He was the most faithful person. Right. He was tested. Mm-hmm. He was made to suffer, right. and there was no amount of positive thinking that was about to <laughs> bring real. him out of that. My, my man Joe, yo, <laughs> his wife left him. Okay, he done lost his kid, right? And he he and he still decided to remain faithful, right? Right. Which is like, but that didn't make his trials end, right? Exactly. It was a testament to his faith for the sake of faith, exactly. his faith for the sake of loving God, of right. honoring God, right. and it's like it just creates this just false promise it's like that everything's false, gonna be okay and like a false reality of a world that we live in yo as long as you're saying positive things nothing is ever gonna touch you right and it's like, mm. as if there's not mass incarceration as if there's not a capitalist system that needs an underclass right and so if you're a part of that underclass mm-hmm. are you supposed to pray it away like, right exactly and 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 then again like you know we want to make clear that a lot of this is directly in correlation with material gain. Right. Because that is what the prosperity gospel like feeds itself off. It's not, it's very different than I know a lot of, we were talking about this earlier where a lot of people want to put people who pray for healing Mm -hmm. as part of prosperity gospel. I personally do not think that is so because people who are praying for healing from from an illness, 
they are getting just like their health back, right? But it's not a material thing that they're also gaining with it. Mm-hmm. And that is the difference. Like the prosperity gospel is really for material like wealth, you know, and and to like up your status, you know, it's for your bank account. Right. Because for me, people who pray if they're sick and they pray to be healed, something in them has done this before. Right. That they have their faith in that. And you're you praying know? for restoration exactly. to, of your body. To wholeness. Absolutely. To, you know. And so I, I, I agree with you. I think that that is a kind of a different category. Yeah. And so the final one, um, like a way that you can spot the prosperity gospel <laughs> is that prayer is a tool to force God to grant prosperity. Hate um, to break it to you, y'all. I can't force God to do not a <laughs> damn thing. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> so, yeah. Completely false. Yeah. I think prayer to me is a communication with God. And it's a way where that 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 line of communication can go both ways, right? As it should, because it's a conversation, right? For me, it's a conversation. But in no way, shape, or form do I feel that I can bend God to my will to do what I want God to do, which I think is still different from when I ask for God favor in a situation or for when I tell God like what my needs may be. And and again, the difference is the material because it's the difference in, in asking like, please help me pay my bills this month. Like show me like how, show me to be smart with my money mm-hmm. so that I can do this as opposed to, let me wake up and have 10 G's on my, on my like night dresser. You know what I mean? Like that completely different. It is this material is, and, and that, that is what's so sneaky about the prosperity gospel is that is these little differences. Like what I'm hearing you say is like as a Christian or a person of faith or a spiritual person, whatever, yeah. what is it that you are valuing? Yeah. Like to pray for something like prosperity. Are you praying for the wellness of your family, of closeness, of connection? Mm-hmm. Are you praying to do good, to do God's will? Are you praying for your needs to be met or are you praying for excess? Are mm-hmm. you are you buying into this capitalist system and saying, you know, what prosperity means is the ability to be more of a consumer. Right. And it's like, you know, I'm not putting no shots out there because your girl wants money. God does not want me to be broke. I right? know that for a fact. God made me too bougie to be <laughs> <Right>? broke. <laughs> but it's like, it's a question of of your values, yeah. of what, like, wh- what you buy into, you know, like. The prosperity gospel, it's it's real insidious. Like it's, yeah. it, like you said, it really sneaks up on you because yeah. like there are some parts of it that I believe. I I believe that we live in an abundant world Absolutely. in which there's more than enough for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like on a like on a real practical level, there's more than enough food on earth for yeah. everyone. There's more than enough materials on earth that everyone can have a home. Absolutely. There does not need to be any homeless nope. people. And yet there's 1% billionaires out here who are hoarding all of the abundance that God has given us so that some people can't have. And in your leadership role in a church or in a community, if what you're preaching is success means the ability to buy a fancy car Mm. and get some popping sneakers, that's not enough. That means that you buy into the value system that says we hoard and... You know, like yeah. that just has to be something more. And so right. I don't think anything is wrong with liking nice things. No, I love no, nice no. things. Of I'm a luxurious course. ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I think that your value, like you have to be aware of mm. what what you're praying, what you're saying, what yeah. what's coming to you. Because it all sounds good. But I think to be a spiritually mature person, mm-hmm. you have to really really dissect it and consider it and ask yourself where you stand. Yeah, and it's it's also about, like, what can you do if you do come into an abundance, right? Because the abundance, if it is an abundance, is because it's more than enough for you and mm. it's enough for you to extend as well. Boom. You know? And mm. I think that's the part that the prosperity gospel misses because that gospel is, there's just more than enough for me. For me. It's right. all for me, you know? And it's like, so... Yeah, it, you like what you like, but at, at what point does, when you have an abundance, is it your responsibility to then reach out to those around you? And not only reach out, because it's so funny to like kind of come full circle back to the preachers and sneakers stuff. Yeah. It's like, so there's all that preachers and sneakers, you know, there's that pastor, um, 
you know, the guy, uh, John Gray, yeah. who bought his wife this expensive $200,000 Lamborghini. And it's like, you know, people were coming That's at his wild. neck, right? Of course. They were coming at his neck saying, you know, how could you do that? Why would you do that? And his response is, this is my money I work for. This is what yeah. I'm doing. And it's like, I agree with that logic on one level. Mm-hmm. But what is our responsibility as leaders? Like, you know, it's one thing for you to be like a lay church person just in the crowd. Yeah. But as a leader to say, this is what I choose to spend my money on. Right. You know, like not for nothing. A lot of these clothes are made in sweatshop of labors by like little kids. Um, for like bad for the environment. An hour or like, a day. <laughs> right. right. You know, it's like, terrible for the environment. Right. It. It's you're taking money out of your community Mm -hmm. and a lot of times spending money on Gucci when you could be feeding small businesses. There's designers in your own community. And so like as a leader, what does it mean that God has given you abundance Mm -hmm. and the way that you choose to spend it is just so trash. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Trash. I was was looking for the perfect word and trash is it. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like it's just it's. It's just ridiculous to be able to have that type of platform and really just look out for your own small circle and that's it. And not, and like for me, I feel like that goes against everything the gospel is about. Like, and I was thinking about this earlier, like I get when the pastor is saying, you know, it's my money, I worked for it and stuff like that. But it's like, yeah, but you, in a sense, you are still working off the the backbone of the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like you're, you're, you're prostituting the gospel in order for it to benefit you, you know. So it's like how much, like how I don't understand how some of these pastors are okay with that. I don't know. Truth is not with it. Has not been with it since conversation one. Like no. before we turned on these mics and we first even talked about this, she has not I been with not it. With it. <laughs> but I don't know, y'all. When y'all see me with my Balenciagas on, don't ask me no questions. <laughs> just, just look the other way. Exactly. Don't be taking no screen face. Right. Nothing. Don't be screenshotting my stuff. Just, just we know. Catch y'all young preachers and sneakers. <laughs> they don't catch right. me want a little New Balance. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a lot to think about, right? Because it's not, it's it ultimately comes down to what is your responsibility. What you what do you feel your responsibility is to your community and to this platform that you've been given? Yeah. So uh, let's keep the conversation going. Tell us what you think. We want to know, like. A lot of people believe that God has granted them favor, Mm -hmm. material favor, through their faith. Um, Do you believe that? Where do you draw the line? What do you think about the preachers and sneakers? You know, what what do you think about this Pastor John Gray buying his wife a $200,000 Lamborghini? What do you think about it all? Can't even give it back. It's (laughs) decreased in value. (laughs) See, I told you, truth is not with it. Just not with it. Right. But, yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, Yeah, and follow us on Instagram at Real Talk on God Talk. And let's keep this conversation going. To keep the conversation going, tell us what you think by following us on Instagram or Twitter at Real Talk on God Talk. Hey, beautiful people. Today is Tuesday, April 16th, and you're listening to Keeping Time with Yaya. We are headed into Holy Week. Ooh, prime time for all you Christians out there, right? Top 10, top 10. Friday, April 19th is Good Friday, leading into Easter Sunday, which is going to be Sunday, April 21st. Um, we're also heading into Passover season for our Jewish brothers and sisters. Passover begins April 19th and ends on April 27th. And for you non-religious peeps out there, uh, April 22nd is Earth Day. So let's celebrate Mother Earth. It's time for the moon reading. We're looking forward to the full moon on April 19th, known as the full pink moon. As it gets warmer, it's a good time for us to take a walk at night using your discretion in terms of safety, of course. Let the rays of the moon rest on you as you think of your intentions for the upcoming month. Thank you, Yaya. Always making sure we're right around here with all our dates and moon reading. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so this week for Community Pastoral Care, we're going to be responding to a listener um, who hit us up and said, has a question for us. He said, hey, 
I was wondering if you can talk about toxic family and what God says about cutting off connection with them. I feel like many people have different opinions about it. So I would be happy if you guys talk about it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. So flat. So flat. <laughs> okay, listener. Thank um, you for your question, listener. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um. So I don't think that the Bible particularly says anything about, like, cutting off toxic family <laughs> Thou shalt cut off. Right. <laughs> right. So we can start there with yeah. this is just our sense and what's our sense of experience. Um, mm. So I uh, I listened to this uh, guru, this Indian guru, Sadhguru. Um, he talks about the fact that, like, humans are born into our biological identity. We're born into these families, right? They take care of us. They nurture us. And, you know, when we're born, I'm the daughter of so-and-so, the sister of so-and-so, right. you know? But as we mature spiritually, as we mature, period, we go out into the world and we form these other identities. Yeah. We gain friends. We get a job. You know, we we do all these things. Yeah. And he was talking about how, like, some of the most spiritually mature people, monks and nuns and ascetics, people that go off into the wilderness and, yeah. you know, devote themselves, themselves to God they're able to let go of their biological identity and devote themselves fully to their spiritual identity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he wasn't claiming that everyone should do that. Right. But he was just kind of highlighting the fact that, like, we have these different identities and the biological, like, who we came into this world related to, that's just the first level. Right. You know? And so in response to your question about cutting off toxic family members or how to deal with toxic family members, I personally believe that, one, it's really a matter of what is the relationship, what is the toxicity um, as to whether you should try to reconcile mm -hmm. or cut them off completely. But I think... I think that it is okay to move beyond that first level of biological identity. If your parent or your family member is harming you, um, if they were harming you to a point where you, it's, it's unhealthy, they're, they're like truly hurting you, I think that you can either cut them off, modify the relationship, but I don't think that God intends for you to stay in a place of harm, whether it's your experience in spiritual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, whatever. I don't think God intends that for you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. God definitely doesn't intend that. And I think there's also ways that people can participate in setting boundaries, right? So, the first thing is to recognize if someone in your life is like hurting you or just being just like toxic or has toxic um, behavior is definitely important to recognize that. And if you have been affected by it, know that some healing on your part has to take place to like be healed from that toxic behavior. And if during that time while you're healing, you need to separate a little bit from the person so that you can like fully heal and like become whole, then I think that's okay. And then it's knowing about where do you want the relationship to go, right? Because I know many people who would just see their parents on holidays, you know, or can only do phone calls with their parents or can only stand their parents for just a little bit of time. Just a little sprinkle, not too much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, this is because of the dynamic that the parent has with, with the child, you know. It, it's just not a healthy relationship. And so there are ways to set boundaries. But if it comes to a point where I think someone feels like this is just not something that either is changing or it is like so harming that so consuming yeah right. that it's just like better to like like cut off then i think that that decision is really up to the person because every situation is different but just know there are you don't have to rush to cut off people right right and you don't have to feel pressured to keep everybody in your life either um so but there is a balance that must come with that and someone has to be able to make an informed decision about that because it is often not easy to say that you're going to cut family off. Right. You know, and, and 
especially parents. Exactly. Um, I'm not sure at what life stage our listener is in, but especially as you get older and some people are dealing with the care of adult parents and adult relatives, Mm -hmm. it's cutting them off is more than just I'm not talking to you. This person may need my support, whether it's financial support, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. and medically may not be able to care for themselves. And so how do you how do you reconcile with yourself? cutting off someone right. that is looking to you in that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is not me putting any judgment no. of yay or nay, but it is something to consider. Like, it, yeah. it complexifies the idea of Absolutely. cutting them off. And even more complexity is when it comes to, you know, your own children, you know, potentially not meeting their, you know, grandparent. You know, that's right. that's a big thing, too, um, with the value that is placed, like, on grandparents, right, and mm-hmm. the ability for kids to have that as they grow up. So it's it's not an easy decision, and it's something that need, requires a lot of care. And But just know that doesn't have to be the first option. Right. You know? But if that is your option, then you're the one who has to be okay with right. it. Right. You deserve wholeness. Exactly. You deserve love, wellness, mm-hmm. to live a life without abuse. Exactly. Even if that's even if it's your parent. Not even your parent right. has the right to abuse you. Exactly. Especially not your parent, you know? So Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Real Talk on God Talk. Um, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Real Talk on God Talk. Twitter, Real Talk on God T, the number one. We're trying to get into this Twitter thing, y'all. It's hard. For yeah, any of help you us. who have a large <laughs> following, like, what are we supposed to talk about on Twitter? <laughs> like, what do you want to hear us talk about? Because I, I don't know. Yeah. Shoot us some questions and yeah, give we us can something. start answering. We need something. We, <laughs> yeah, need, we, need, we, some help. we need your help. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we are just not avid Twitter users, but we are definitely on the Instagram. <laughs> right. We're on the Instagram. On Thank the, you, exactly. Grandma Truth. <laughs> We're on the Instagram. Exactly. I'm on that IG thing. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely make sure you um give us a follow give us a listen and then refer our podcast to a friend that hasn't heard about us um thank you to all of our listeners all over the world yes <clears throat> we really appreciate all of y'all tuning in and slide in our dms tell us where you're listening from we always love to hear from all of y'all basically it's your girl y'all 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 <laughs> Saying goodbye. That's it. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. I don't believe in God. I know God. I love me some Jesus. Too much. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's on the next episode. It's the moon reading. I rock with you, Yaya. It's all love. They better listen to this advice. We good. You crazy girl. This is what this show is about. All right. We keep it real real and real talk. The God in God talk.